You're listening to Unite Unite 2011 with Mark Bauer. How are you guys going? How's Fusion Youth treating you? How's Oso treating you? Is he doing a good job? Average. That's so heavy. Yes, our Rafaels. Yes, he pours out his heart and soul every day, and all he gets is an average. Sorry, bro. Yeah, you should go and become an interpretive dancer. Like creative liberal hippies make me sick, honestly. <laughs> I'm studying economics, so the whole time I'm sitting there, and Jen's like, "Oh, engineers." I'm like, "Some of us are engineers. This building wouldn't stand without engineering. So what now? I think this building's held up with poetry and like, and like unicorns. Building's held up with hardcore maths, yo. You fly back to Cape Town on like a." Magic carpet of poetry and love. No, it's going to be aeronautical engineering that gets you there. Damn it! <laughs> sure, or you could be transported by the spirit if you really were short on cash. <laughs> um, no, but that yeah, guys, those were amazing preachers, and obviously, engineering and economics has its place. Um, I certainly hope so. Otherwise, what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> um, so my name is Mike. I'm the youth pastor up at Hillside. Um, yeah, and it's such a privilege to be here today. I know you guys, um, the interns at Fusion have, or at HCC at least, have put in a lot of of work into setting this place up. And I just want to honour you guys. Like, shut. I think it's a good thing. To take two days out of your holiday and spend it together playing foosball and talking about Jesus, like that's a it's an admirable thing. So, yeah, be encouraged. Whatever, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so be encouraged. It's a good thing. Um, I want to ask a quick question. I'm going to turn my notes around so I can read them. Um, so I believe that God is sovereign. I believe He is a sovereign God, and I want to ask. What that means today. So I'm gonna do a little bit of a, a little bit of a pass around the mic. What does it mean that God is sovereign? Uh, he's pure. He's pure. Okay. Definitely an answer. What does it mean that God is sovereign? Good. He's good. Okay. Um, what does it mean that God is sovereign? Uh, it means that uh, his his blood is pure. Okay. His blood is pure. Ask one more person. <laughs> what does it mean that God is sovereign? Uh, that He's got all power, and He's got more power in His little finger than anyone on the whole planet could even imagine or comprehend. Awesome, that's a good answer. Go, Andrew. <laughs> um, okay, so if I believe that God is sovereign, what sovereignty means? A king is sovereign. So basically, what a king says goes within his kingdom. So for for me to say that God is sovereign, it means that what He says goes. I like to think of God as sort of like Optimus Prime, where He's really He's He's really good and kind, and He's always got good advice and good leadership. But if you cross Him, He's going to rip your face off. Basically, <laughs> if you if you're a Decepticon, He is going to literally punch you with His gun, so it's inside your head, and then pull the trigger, and then your head will explode. <laughs> No, that's not really what God is like at all. I just really like Transformers a lot. <laughs> I watched it. I watched the third one yesterday, so I wanted to talk about it because it's freaking awesome. 
so many robots killing each other. It's great. <laughs> See, God is sovereign. So what he says goes. Let me ask a, a, a quick, another quick question here. Would you disagree with God? What? Would you ever disagree with God? Yes. You would disagree with God. Would you win that battle? You would win a disagreement with God. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There are a couple of times when God reasons with man. It's actually a beautiful thing. Joshua does it. Moses does it. There's a couple of times when God's like, let's reason together. But at the end of the day, God is God. God is sovereign. Your ability to reason with God was created by God. So your ability to even comprehend arguing or comprehend formulating your own thoughts was given to you by God. So the bottom line on everything is God. So I want to ask a quick question. Let's, okay, sorry. I'm just going to play a quick video and then I'm going to ask a question after that. Can you, can you hit that video for me? It's a very profound video, guys. I want you to pay lots of attention. Okay, guys, Do you think he can fly? Here he comes. Well, alright. Now it's time for me to tell you all what you've done wrong since I last saw you. And don't try and hide because I'm Jesus. I will find you. Let's start with you, Peter. You lied to your mother the other day. Andrew, you said a naughty word when you hit your finger with the hammer. James, you laughed at him when he hit his finger. Moving right along, John, you drank too much wine the other night. Not way too much, just enough to make me angry. <laughs> Matthew, we fell asleep in church, didn't we? Yes, we did. And Thomas, you were slow dancing a little too close with that girlfriend of yours. And you, I forgot your name, so you're off the hook for now. Um, Philip, I saw you smoking a cigarette behind that big rock the other day. Thaddeus, I hate to say I saw you stick up your middle finger at someone who cut you off when you were riding your camel. Benjamin, you aren't wearing your WWJD bracelet. Jacob, I don't mind you saying my name, but not after you stub your toe. Frank, you know what you did. I just can't repeat it because I'm Jesus. All right, all you sinners, come with me. Time to pay the piper. There's only one cigarette. I heard that. Look at all these sinners. All right, listen up. Listen to me. I'm Jesus. Listen to what I have to say. I have done many wonderful things. I have healed many people of diseases. I have performed many miracles so that I can tell you this. You're all evil. There is no hope. That's it. Thank you. Hilarious. <laughs> when, he's like, when he's like, Thomas, you drank too much wine last night. Not too much, just enough to make me angry. <laughs> that is so funny. Who knows that that is not how God would ever speak to humanity? 
<laughs> it's so ridiculous. I love that video. I don't. Maybe it's made by a Christian. I don't think it's made by a Christian. I think it's supposed to be making fun of Christians. But the the irony of it is that it 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 illustrates so perfectly everything that Christianity is not. Everything that <laughs> everything that a relationship with Jesus is not about. That video illustrates. It's so perfect, like Jesus. <laughs> it's so funny, Jesus. Thomas, you lied to your brother the other day. <laughs> it's like, like it's so ridiculous. Jesus doesn't care. He doesn't care. He didn't come and die on the cross and live a life of humiliation and, and on the margins of society to die a painful, humiliating death so that he could be like, oh, guys, come on. Seriously, the middle finger? It's just rude. You guys are evil. Jesus doesn't care. He's Jesus. He's God. He's sovereign. He's a king. Not a freaking prefect at some school. He's not a. He's not like a, a cantankerous headmaster who's like, oh, it's that tuck your shirts in. Seriously, gonna uphold the image of the school. He's God. He's the King of Kings. Don't have time to be worrying about where. What's up? He doesn't have time. He's God. So the reason why I want to illustrate that God is sovereign is because I. We're going to talk a little bit about the supernatural before we go out into the pavilion. And I, I just want to remind us of something. God is sovereign, so what he says goes. He is the king. It's not like he doesn't have little lists of, of things where he's like, you know, have you, have you not drunk too much wine? Have you not smoked a cigarette? Have you not done this? Have you not done this? He is sovereign. So when he says, you are a holy and righteous people, who will disagree with him? Will anyone, will anyone here disagree with him? Many people do disagree with him. Many people are like, oh, I'm not holy, I'm not righteous, I've done so many bad things. And God's like, oh, that's cool. Thanks for having your own opinion. Shut up. That's nice. That's nice that you're a little person who thinks that you're not holy and righteous. I'm God. Shut up. What I say goes. So when I say that you are beautiful and flawless and perfectly and wonderfully made and knitted together in your mother's womb by my loving tender hands with individual gifts and characteristics that make you special, who will disagree with me? Who, who will disagree with God? Because he will rip your face off if you do. God doesn't care about your, your voice. God cares when you go like, oh, I'm, so, I'm just not good enough. God's like, oh, have a cry. Honestly, I am saying that you are good enough. And if I say it, then it's true. God is truth. There is no external way to judge what is true and not true except God. So when God says it, it is true. So when God says, my work on the cross was enough for you, you are holy and blameless and righteous and ready to minister to the world, it's true. And anyone who will disagree with that will have their face ripped off. Maybe not now, but eventually. Sounds raucous, but it's truth. Tidevo is having a cry, honestly. Everyone always crying about how bad they are. I'm so bad. I have character flaws up to my freaking head. But God will work them out. I'm not going to let it disqualify me now. Because he said to me, Mike, you are amazing. You are good at this, 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 and this. And I want you to use these things to... Influence my kingdom. I want you to use these things to, to get the world to understand the gospel. I want you to love 
your girlfriend. I want you to love your brothers and sisters. I want you to, to raise up an amazing family. I want you to achieve wonderful things. Walk around crying about how unholy we are. It's freaking lame, honestly. So do you feel sufficiently chastised? <laughs> if, you feel, if you feel unholy, that is not Jesus. Jesus doesn't care. Jesus is constantly speaking, but he's always calling out or calling up. Never calling down. Jesus will never say like, nah, it's not a good idea, don't try that. You'll probably fail. Imagine Jesus doing that. You go to Jesus and you're like, flip, Lord, like I've, I've got all these, these things bursting inside of me. And Jesus is like, nah, just maybe set this one out. <laughs> that's, not, that's not who God is. Sure, there's wisdom and there's channeling. And, and if you're like, sister, that, uh, sister, sorry, I, a story that I always love to tell, my sister will know this, um, is about when I was like probably 10. Um, and I wanted to have the skateboard and I hammered a plank into it and like tied some string and stuff. And I was going to throw myself off of the sun deck with it because I was convinced it was a helicopter. I was like, this thing will, not a helicopter, like, I don't know what it was actually. I was like, this thing will fly. I've done all the maths, it's got wings, it's got wheels, all of the key ingredients for flight are here, you know. And I was going to throw myself off. And my mom was like, you will honestly die if you do this. <laughs> You will end yourself. And I was like, no, mom, why are you killing my dreams? <laughs> Not killing your dreams. You are killing your dreams by throwing yourself off the sun deck. Don't freaking do it. It's a bad idea. Like, so obviously there's wisdom and stuff. And, and God comes alongside us as a loving father. And he's like, come on, let's, let's be wise. Let me show you your true gifting. Let me show you your true vocation and your true strengths. And, and from there, I can, you can do awesome things. But God will never, ever laugh at your ambition. Or laugh at, at your, your passion or your, your dreams or your vision. And he's certainly never going to disqualify you on the basis of, you smoked a cigarette yesterday. You know, like he's never ever going to do that. Like his work on the cross was enough for us. And his voice is just constantly speaking destiny and goodness and vision and fullness over our lives. Constantly, all of the time. And he is sovereign. And if you disagree with him, you will lose that battle. <laughs> you will lose it. So James asked me to speak about the, the supernatural, and I have no idea why he did that, because it's probably the thing that I know least about. <laughs> like, I'm big, like, Tyron's the supernatural guy. I'm like, I don't know what I am, actually. But, uh, <laughs> but I do love Jesus, and I, and I love that he does crazy things out there. I love that when, when we pray, stuff happens, that when... We ask God for healing that he heals and when we ask God for vision that he sends prophets to give us words and I love that God is intimately involved in like the day to day of our life that any moment in time is a potential encounter with the father you know like at spa buying yourself a sausage roll and a chocolate milk and wine gums which is standard for me every time I go to spa um, like any any one of those spa trips is a potential for God to just do something awesome you know um Maybe involving another person, but maybe just revelation for yourself. Like God is constantly speaking, constantly there. There is no such thing as the supernatural, actually. There just is. There is. We are, and God is. It's not like we are here and God is there. Just God is, and we are. Like life is just life. There's no natural and supernatural. God is everything. We are in God. He's here. 
Like, you need to stop compartmentalizing things. I love something that Jesus says to the Pharisees. He's like, before Abraham, the Pharisees are like, who, under what authority are you doing this? You know, Abraham is our father. Under what authority are you busting in here with all your vibes, you know? And Jesus is like, before Abraham was, I am. It's like, boom, what's up? See, he didn't say before Abraham was, I was, because that just means that Jesus is really old. I was there before Abraham, and now I'm here. I've been around much longer than Abraham. He says, before Abraham was, I am. Like, I am currently before Abraham. I'm currently now existing in the past and in the future. It's like, what's up? Quantum mechanics, bend things on its head. Take that, Pharisees. Like, <laughs> like, like, and he was just chilling. He was just a dude, beard, probably looked a bit like Osama bin Laden, sandals. Chilling, and he's just like talking to the Pharisees, and he's like, "Before Abraham was, I am." And Pharisees' brains melt and fall out of their heads. Like there was no E minor playing in the background. Good-looking guy with a V-neck T-shirt leading us into the presence of the Lord. Like there was no, there was none of that. It was just Jesus. It was just Jesus, normal, natural making statements that are completely not normal and natural and meaning them. Does that make sense? Like the, the supernatural and the natural are the one and the same thing. If you are a Christian, then you have the mind of Christ, the Father and Son live inside of you. Like, you just are. You are a vessel of God's goodness and grace and power and sovereignty wherever you are. Like you just are an extension of the kingdom. Acts 17 says that in him we live and move and have our being. Like Everything exists in God. It's so funny that we like try and, and like, like people are always like the, the God versus science argument. That is such a freaking dumb argument. Who do you think wrote the laws of thermodynamics? Isaac Newton. He gave them a name. They existed long before because God put them there. Mankind was like, ooh, gravity is called when a large body bends time and space. And this whole force thing, I've been reading loads of quantum mechanics lately, but like, <laughs> like gravity is caused by this, 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 and the force. And God's like, oh, cool, well done. You gave it a name. It's called gravity. You're doing exactly what I created you to do in the garden. Just in the garden was way more simpler. It was like elephant, giraffe, zebra, cockroach. Like we're doing the same thing. Science is just an extension of that mandate, except instead of calling it zebra and giraffe, we're going string theory, quantum mechanics, gravity, economics, medicine, biomolecular stuff. Like It's just an extension. We're discovering more and more and more of creation. It's a good thing. Some people distort it, and then they're like evolution. Cool, whatever really phase me that much, I'll be honest. <laughs> like, cool. I don't think evolution's a particularly good theory, but I don't know. You're using your brain. God bless you, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, we've got to stop compartmentalizing stuff, like supernatural there and natural here. We are, we just are. God is. He just is. And so I want to talk a little bit, like, if we can when you guys go out, and this is not just for like now, if you guys go to the pavilion or whatever, this is just life. Like it's just even amongst you guys, yourselves at youth or, or at home or at school or wherever, like this is just important stuff to know. Like you are constantly carrying like the power of God. Like Jesus, 
when blind man Bartimaeus came to him like, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus wasn't like, cool, stay here, run away, get faith up, get like press into the, the Father's presence, then run back and then pray for you. It was just like, cool, because he, he knew that he was God, seamless. Sure, he was in this body and walking around in sandals and a dress, but like, he was God. He knew it. The Bible tells us that we are being transformed into the self-same glory. 2 Corinthians 3 says, being transformed to look like God, to be like God. So when, when the opportunity comes to pray for someone, we don't have to like run away and like prepare. We just do it. We're just there. We're ready, you know. Um, so yeah. One thing that I felt the Lord told me to tell you this morning, though. There is no formula for doing this stuff. No formula for praying for someone. And I think I like I love Curry Blake and I love John G. Lake and I love Bill Johnson and I love all of those guys. But like all of them do kind of latch onto one thing. Like this is the way you do it. Like, Curry Blake is like, you know, if you if you do this, this, and this, like this will get results. And Bill Johnson's like this, this, and they're not conflicting with each other, and it's awesome. Like that's their message, and they must preach it, and it's great. But I, I don't think there's a formula, actually. I don't think like if you lay on hands and you just believe and you just command and you just cast out that you'll get results. I'm sure you will some of the time, absolutely. I don't believe that if you, I don't know, there's a whole, you know what I'm talking about, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but I don't believe there's a formula for this stuff. But there's one thing that I do see continuously in Jesus' life the whole time, and that is this thing of compassion, which I'm so moved by. Matthew 9 verse 36 says this, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then Matthew 14, 14 says this. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. And then Matthew 20, verse 34. Sorry. Matthew 20, verse 34 says, and Jesus in pity touched their eyes and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. The NIV says, and Jesus in compassion touched their eyes immediately recovered their sight and followed him. And it's like this thing what was the motivation for Jesus healing the sick or doing anything actually? Doing anything so called supernatural. It wasn't because he felt he had to. Doing, Jesus did nothing out of duty. He was like, oh, I'm obligated to do this. I've heard so many Christians after going to like a healing conference or whatever, they're standing in spa and someone in a wheelchair walks past and they're like, I feel so bad, I should probably pray for him. Like, what? that is the dumbest motivation ever. I think Jesus is smiling upon your like duty to pray for someone in a wheelchair. That's terrible. Such a bad motivation to do something. I really feel like I should do this. You know, or or you you just learn a formula, and you're like, Curry Blake's told you how the three steps to healing, and then you're like, oh, I really just want to try this out. Freaking terrible reason to pray for someone. Just oh, I'm just going to try this out and see if it works. Terrible. Jesus wasn't trying nothing out. <laughs> Jesus had compassion on people. That's why he did it. That's why he healed people. He didn't believe that healing was their salvation either. He wasn't going there going like, I'm going to heal you because, because you need to be healed. He was like, I'm going to heal you. In a couple of years' time, you're going to die anyway. 
Your salvation is more than just this healing. But I can see that you're in pain. I can see that this sucks for you. I have compassion upon you. And so I'm gonna, I want to lift you out of this as well. I want to heal your body so that you don't have to walk around in pain anymore. Well, I'm going to give you a prophetic word because, so you don't have to be visionless. Or I'm going to give you a, whatever, you know, an encouraging word so that you don't have to suffer with this heartbreak or whatever. His motivation wasn't, it's, it wasn't like healing was the be-all and end-all. Or prophecy was the be-all and end-all. And it wasn't because he was dutiful and he just felt obliged to do it. And it wasn't because he, he was just trying something out. It was because he was compassionate. He looked at people and he was like, it sucks that you have to put up with this. It bums me out. I'm sorry for you. So I want to do what I can to change it. You know, we talk about like faith and healing and, and having faith for this stuff. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this. Faith is being sure of what you hope for. And I think a lot of the times we go into like a healing situation or whatever, and we have no idea what we actually hope for. We have no certainty of what we hope for. We're going there, and we're like, just kind of going through the motions almost. No compassion or anything to our, our, our motivation for praying for this person. There's no certainty of what we hope for. Jesus had absolute certainty of what he hoped for. He hoped that this person's life would not suck anymore. That's what he hoped for. <laughs> like your life sucks right now because you're blind and you have to lie in a hole and beg. I hope that you will not be blind and not have to lie in a hole and beg. That's where faith springs up. It's the gap between what you desire and what is actually happening right now. What is actually happening is that you're blind and stuck in a hole and life sucks. But what I desire in God is for that to not be happening. And the gap between that is faith. Does that make sense? And I'm just like, when you go into your school or whatever, don't walk around with this like, sense of obligation and duty. If someone cruises past you in a wheelchair and you don't pray for him, do you think Jesus is going to come to you and be like, oh, you didn't pray for him in a wheelchair? Of course not. Of course he's not going to do that. He doesn't care. <laughs> cares so deeply about what is important, and he doesn't give a stuff about what is not important. That is the God we serve. He's sovereign. He's big. He doesn't have time to like, waste. There. <laughs> and if you're not sure of what you hope for, then you're pretty much an insincere hypocrite, actually. If you're going to pray for someone out of a sense of obligation or duty, then stuff you. Like, you're, like, you're going up to someone, like, person's in a wheelchair, their life is really hard. They're, like, maybe suffering with a whole bunch of stuff, and you're going, like, oh, I really feel like I should do this. You're, like, galloping up to them. You're, like, let me pray for you, and it's, like, all awkward and stuff. No. But when we're driven by compassion, we're, like, wow, this sucks. You go with the sincerity and the backing of the heart, and your heart is filled with faith because you're, like, I want this situation to change for you. And I've definitely felt like that before and prayed for someone and nothing's changed and I don't know why that happens. Like I don't know why. But the motivation is still true. The motivation is still pure. The faith is still real. In my heart, I am operating in, in its flawless gospel coming out of me. Because my heart is for change. My heart is for redemption. My heart is for, for Jesus to come and do something amazing. It's not for like... Oh, I better just do this just because I went to a healing conference and they said I should. Or like I better just do this because I've learned the four steps of healing and now I want to apply them. 
when your heart is true, like God can work with a true heart. And I'm like I'm pretty sure we'll see amazing stuff happen when when our hearts are like that. Jesus had compassion on people. That was his motivation for healing, always. That, that was his motivation for doing anything. Compassion upon people. Just love and, and sincerity of emotion and sincerity of heart. Always told to like kill our emotions off. And I don't know why people tell us to do that. Oh, don't get emotional. You know, you've got to be real about the gospel. Jesus engages with your emotions. How can he not? It's like telling someone to fall in love with a girl without being emotional. Fall in love with this girl, but don't get emotional. How do you do that? I don't really understand. It's like Jesus engages with our emotions, and he, and he wants us to get emotional about social justice. He wants us to get freaking pissed off with the injustices of, of South African society. There are so many people who live in poverty and so many people who live in, in absolute wealth. He wants us to get... Not, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. It's not, I'm, I live a very comfortable life, and I'm not going to give it up anytime soon. But, but the, the, the point is, we have to feel strongly about this stuff. You see someone who's sick, we've got to feel strongly about them. And if we don't feel strongly, then we can't, with actually any sincerity, go and pray for them. Because what are we offering them? Like hypocrisy and insincerity. That isn't real. You've got to ask yourself, like, do I actually feel like... Would if this person gets healed, would I just go like, "Oh my thack, it works," or would you actually be like moved? Would you actually be like, "Wow, this person got healed. I'm feeling this. Like this is hitting me hard." Would it just be this like frivolous like, "Wow, I saw something amazing today." Like we're turning people into hamsters, you know? We've got to feel for them as people. We have to, have to, have to. It's like imperative. Jesus did not just see a crowd of people and be like, okay, let me do a godly thing here. He saw a bunch of individuals with individual hurts and pains and he had compassion upon them. And he, he met them, you know. And so if, if you guys are going to go out today to Pavilion, and it's not just for today, but like today is a cool example. Like you don't go to the, Pavilion down by the movies and see like 14 year old girls with their straight blonde hair and like little hot pants and just be like, oh, you guys need to know about Jesus. I'm going to pray for you. Yo. No, you go there and you're like, that is a, that is a daughter, a potential daughter of the, the King of Kings. She just doesn't know it yet. And, and she has dreams and, and treasure and, and stuff locked up inside of her and it's probably hidden beneath a bunch load of insecurities. Probably hidden beneath a whole bunch of rubbish. But somewhere down there is an individual, is a person who feels and loves and dreams and, and hopes. And like it is for the sake of that person that I want to pray. It's because I have compassion upon her for being trapped in, in all this rubbish. For that reason, I want to, I want to pray for her and, and lift her out of her stuff. Not just because it's something I feel like I should do. Not just because I'm afraid Jesus is going to come and, and ridicule me publicly if I don't. That's ridiculous. What an average reason to do something. <laughs> Is that cool? Like, let's, let's allow like, sincerity to rise up in our hearts. Let's allow the voice of the sovereign God to, to speak truth into our hearts. Truth about how incredible we are, about how much he loves us. 
stop trying to disagree with them. Stop listening to the puny voice of our flesh or of our insecurities or of Satan just saying rubbish the whole time to us. They're cool. Can I pray for us quickly? Thank you, Father. But Jesus, faith is being sure of what we hope for. And we have so much faith in you. And we know exactly what we hope for. We hope that we will look exactly like you one day. That is our hope, Lord Jesus. Our hope is that you will transform us to look exactly like you. We know that you are busy doing that. We have such faith. Our hearts are filled with such faith to do that. And I just pray that, that other voices would be silenced and only the voice of the sovereign God saying, My cross is enough. You are righteous. You are holy. You are pure. You are amazing. You are set and destined for glory and victory and awesome things. That that voice would become loud in our, in our ears of Jesus. In, the, in our voices and the voices of our insecurities and voices of anything else would be silenced with Jesus. From that place, oh God, I pray that a compassion for our, our country, a passion for our brothers and sisters, a passion for our church, a passion for our school, a passion for the individuals would rise up. This compassion for people who are suffering and hurt. Passion for people who are maybe insecure and just need your voice. We love you so much, Father God. You are incredible, Jesus. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for this church and for these people, Lord God. Pray your blessing upon them. Love you so much. Amen.